This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 51. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. Hey, Kel. Hi, Brett. Hey, Kel. And you are? I'm Brett Hurst. Hurst. (laughs) (laughs) And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. Yeah, man. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. And I'm red-eye. Good. I'm glad you got some caffeine pumping in your veins. A little DDP, man. I'm ready to go. Good. All right. Well, today's episode is called Two Traits That Can Save Your Marriage. Oh, boy. Man, I bet people are breathless with anticipation from that title. Well, one of the things we enjoy doing in the world of marriage education is to kind of find out what's trending. And so you and I try to read the latest articles and research information about relationships so that we can kind of bring the best of the best information to our audience. And we do that in our spare time. Yes, in our spare time. And sometimes we discover things right in our own backyard. We don't even have to look at the research because we see it play out right in front of us, like today's topic. Mm -hmm. So. One thing, one program that we do that I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast before is we do these things called marriage tune-ups. Yeah. And what they are is they are three-hour coaching sessions that a couple can come and sit in our home, and we give them a questionnaire to do at the you know beginning of the session, and they come and we work for three hours. Um, on, you know, particular issues that they're having, you know, things that they're wanting to kind of work on, communication, all kinds of different things. And we really try to customize it to to the couple and their needs. It's like a mini intensive. Yeah. A mini, mini intensive. And then when they leave, what we do is we've taken notes during the three-hour conversation, Mm -hmm. and we send them a little prescription of action steps of things that have come up during the marriage tune-up, during the session, and things that we know that they want to work on. And we'll email that to them. And then we check in with them at like the three-week mark and then the three-month mark to just kind of see like what's working for them and what's not working and that kind of thing. Excellent. So we typically, when we check in with people at the three-week and three-month mark, we typically get one of three responses. Mm. We get response A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. Okay, response A is things are going great. We're really making progress. We're starting to see some positive results. We're starting to feel some traction. Things are really moving forward. We probably get that response we get most, that often. most often. We yeah. do. We get, a, we get a response A pretty often. Okay. Sometimes we get response B, which is kind of like, um, things are okay. I don't know. We've been really busy. We haven't really spent a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. And it almost sounds like when we get response B, it almost sounds like, you know, the couple just hasn't really tackled anything since mm-hmm. they've left the tune-up. True. So sometimes we get that response. And then once in a while, we'll get response C, which is things are not good. I'm the one doing all the work. Mm-hmm. My spouse isn't, you know, committed and we're not connecting. We thought we things would be better and they're really not. Mm-hmm. Well, without exception, if the couple response, responds with B or C, right. you know, things are okay, not really improving or they're not improving at all. Mm-hmm. 
it every single time it means they've not been working the action steps. And you know that because when you ask them, yeah. So have you been following? Have you been following the prescription? Have you been doing the action steps? And everybody mm-hmm. will go, no, we didn't really, or we started to, and then we kind of stopped. You know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have to remind them to go back to square one and start working the steps and kind of uh, make progress that way. So this is how we've discovered that if a couple has here's the first trait perseverance hmm. they tend to be more successful mm-hmm. in moving forward in their marriage relationship mm-hmm. i looked up the definition for perseverance and it's continuing in a course of action without regard to discouragement opposition or previous failure mm-hmm. and so the couple who has tried to improve things in their relationship and maybe they've failed or they've tried some things and they haven't worked out mm-hmm. they the persevering couple doesn't look at past history of failures and says, oh, we'll never, you know, we'll just never get traction here. Mm -hmm. The couple who perseveres, forget, it doesn't matter, you know, darn the torpedoes. Everything is just in the past. We're moving forward and we're going to stick with this course of action. Mm -hmm. When couples leave a marriage tune-up with us, they almost, you know, generally they feel pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, they feel heard, they feel understood and validated. And so what we try to kind of tell them is that good feeling is only going to take you a very short distance mm-hmm. because you're going to leave here. You're going to go back to your daily routine mm-hmm. and – And back to your own Yeah, your own history. And your, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so if you're not taking the action steps and changing some mm-hmm. things, you're just going to find yourself exactly where you were. Mm-hmm. So when people leave, I, I kind of equate it to like when you go to a health club and you visit like an open house and there's lots of balloons everywhere <laughs> and you you try the elliptical Yay. and you do a Pilates thing and you get a little drink from the cafe and cool. it's so fun. And then you leave and you never go back and work out at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. on a Wednesday morning, you know. But what a great open house. Yeah, was. great. What a great, so the, the good feeling just does not do anything for you. You've mm-hmm. got to work the action steps. And so that's where we've discovered really, and and it's just by doing these marriage tune-ups and getting these responses from these couples is that it's the couple who says, we're just going to work this mm-hmm. and we're just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And even if we don't see immediate results, we're going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Those are the couples that end up reporting really positive results back. Mm-hmm. So this this idea of perseverance, I mean... And I know it's kind of cliche, you know, if you have perseverance, you can accomplish anything. But we're really seeing the real meat of that kind mm-hmm. of play out in a real way with couples who report the good stuff back to us. Mm-hmm. And the good stuff is, hey, we've been sticking with the plan, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just kind of a, an interesting thing to really – to kind of focus on that. No, I agree with you. I, I would add that you're persevering under the canopy of God's grace. Yeah. You know, in other words, that that is a very key component and mm-hmm. it even it even gets worked into our prescriptive recommendations, not to go out and be more religious or, you know, be yeah. more godly or be a better Christian or whatever. Mm-hmm. That that's not what we're saying. We're saying that the work has already been done. Mm-hmm. You know, by by God and he's already f- for you and he's already given his promises and he's already he created marriage in the first place and said that this is uh, a relationship that's designed to operate with me being at the center and me being the strength of that relationship. Mm-hmm. So just abide in that. Just yeah. just rest in that. And I think a lot of times that's part of that perseverance you're talking about, too, is not even the action steps. It's it's the 
reliance on God, you know, mm-hmm. draw, drawing near to him mm-hmm. so that you can live in the fullness of his power. Yeah, and I think you could even put the word prayerful in front of perseverance. You know, mm-hmm. when, you, when you're going to the source and you're getting your power and your uh, energy from God himself, mm-hmm. who is for your marriage, Absolutely. wants you to succeed in your marriage, then I think that really is um, a great way of putting it. Yeah. Wait, I was just going to say, I, I need to get to the health club. <laughs> I had Taco Bell for lunch, so. <laughs> well, then we'll have to make that happen. You're listening to Marriage to the Max. Welcome back to Marriage to the Max, and we are continuing our conversation about two traits that can save your marriage. Mm -hmm. Before the break, we discussed the first one of those traits, which is perseverance, Mm -hmm. and we've seen kind of firsthand how powerful this trait can be in gaining traction in your marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. And the second potent trait that we have discovered is optimism. Optimism, Optimism, which the definition is a tendency to expect the best or at least a favorable outcome. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to say that optimism, A, is not natural for every person. Not every person is just kind of wired with their temperament to be natural optimists. I am not a natural optimist. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. You are much more naturally inclined to think that things are going to turn out well and we can do this and, you know, let's get fired up and all of that. It's just the way I'm wired. I tend to be more naturally speaking. I tend to focus and see the weeds before I see the flowers. Mm -hmm. I see the problems before I see the solution. And that's just kind of how I am. So, um, but after 26 years of marriage, mm-hmm. um, I've it's, actually learned how to be more optimistic. You've rubbed off on me. That's true. And I'm actually more negative. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's something I don't want to influence. No, I'm just saying that, you know, if if you are not a na- – and we're not talking about optimism in the sense of phony, kind of Pollyanna, every – you know, okay, you're totally <laughs> – No, I'm with you. Keep going. <laughs> Is um, we're not talking about being phony optimists. Uh-huh. We're talking about just realizing that things can improve, things can be okay. Right. We won't be in this dark place forever. You right. Know? Not psyching yourself up to be positive and all that kind of thing, but really uh, looking at the at the positive side of things. Yeah. In a Philippians four eight kind of way. Right. And what we've seen is these couples that are doing better mm-hmm. as a result of doing a tune up, or maybe they're seeing a therapist. You know, also after they've. Uh, done a tune-up with us is that the the couples that get stuck in that dark thinking of things will never change, mm-hmm. they'll never improve, will always be like this. They really tend; it kind of ends up being a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. They don't step out of that dark.
dark place. For sure. Yeah. And so I would say to those of you who aren't natural optimists and you're married to someone who is, mm-hmm. let that rub off on you and let that be kind of a buoyant strength in mm-hmm. your relationship because things really will improve mm-hmm. and you really can move forward even if you don't feel or see it. So what if you're both gloomy gusses? I don't know. That would be a little more challenging, probably. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, it's possible to be an optimist while you're still being a realist. Mm-hmm. I don't think optimists, you know, there's some people I know who are just like, everything's wonderful. And you're like, no, it's not, you know. Um, so I think you can be a realist and recognize that you're in a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. But if you're mm-hmm. just thinking we can get out of this or we can find our way or find our path, mm-hmm. optimists don't deny opposition or difficulty. They simply have a way of seeing past the storm mm-hmm. to the clear sky, mm-hmm. you know, so right. you, you can recognize where you are and still be an optimist and, and want to move forward. Well, I want to go back to you saying by nature, you're not an optimist, but, but yet over all this time, you've become more optimistic. You know, maybe I've rubbed off on you, but I, I really don't think that's been think, the big catalytic change in you becoming more optimistic. Well, I think it has been seeing the benefits of someone who is naturally optimistic. I think I've you've influenced me that way. But I've also worked at honing that skill mm-hmm. in my own life because I've recognized the benefits of of being more optimistic. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I wanted to do to say to encourage people too is that you can kind of hone that skill. You know, you don't have to be this uh, gloomy, you know, mm-hmm. I'm blanking out on the character on Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore. Eeyore. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to be Austin Eeyore. Austin throws a big party for Eeyore. <laughs> um, so it'll serve you well to actually encourage yourself to step out. never going to work out. <laughs> Nobody's going to come to my birthday. Practice a little more optimism. Yeah. There's a quote from a website that I found, and sadly, I can't remember with the website, but I'm going to read this quote anyway because it that was good. That is sad. Positive biases and happiness seem to push each other along. In other words, those who persist in presuming the best about their spouse and who maintain a forgiving attitude and optimism about the future of the relationship, they actually create a better marriage for themselves. Mm-hmm. So you, you, it's it's almost the positive side of the self fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. you know, in a right. sense that I can just I can keep encouraging, I can think, and and then you actually create that, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think is great. And you know, in the in the world of marriage education and research, uh, the power of optimism in marriage shows up again and again. Uh, our favorite marriage guru, Dr. John Gottman, who we've quoted many, many times. On Is this, he our favorite? He's one of our favorites. He's a favorite. Um, he has something that he's found in his research called positive sentiment override, mm-hmm. which is uh, a really key thing. You want to unpack that in a quick way? Well, sure. Yeah, it's it's not unlike uh, Willard Harley's emotional bank account concept, mm-hmm. uh, which was even older. But uh, either way, Gottman's referring to is – when, you, when a couple puts positive energy into one another mm-hmm. through I love you's and signs of affection and, and uh, all the other ways that you can meet each other's needs and, and attend to one another and so forth, mm-hmm. you're actually building up an account of – it's almost like an overdraft account in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in your banking, you yeah. know, and you're good to go uh, in case of an emergency. So the net result of that is uh, – Real trauma can come against your marriage or your family or whatever, but because you have all this positive sentiment and 
energy in reserve, uh, you're fine. Yeah. And things stay stable and nothing really rocks the boat too much. You've got a real stable right. um, sense of ballast in the relationship. So in a real way, you you have the power to create the climate that your relationship is in. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can control all of the external factors. You know, you're going through a difficult financial time or, mm-hmm. you know, or someone's ill or you're going through stress and you can't really control those kind of factors. Mm-hmm. But you can pour in um, positive energy into your into your mate and create a climate that is is more positive and and that like I said this shows up in the research even that uh, the masters of marriage the ones who've been happily married for many 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 years mm-hmm. have learned this somewhere along the way and yeah. so if you have a question about you know well okay so I suppose I do want to create a more positive relationship what tools do I do that well I would encourage you to go back and listen to some of our podcast episodes we've got one on the five love languages which is a great way uh, we have one on uh, meeting each other's emotional needs which mm-hmm. we've done and I think several others um, that you can really just pour into your mate and build one another up and that ends up being just a, a great way that optimism shows up in successful marriage. And I think I referred to Philippians 4.8 earlier. Was that in this episode? I've lost track. Um, where Paul says, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Right. That's where the power comes from. Yeah. You know, is that you're drawing on God's strength, which is limitless. That's there right. is no... Uh, restraint on how much power is available to your relationship because you're relying on God's infinite reservoir of strength for your relationship. Right. So really you can't lose. Yeah. So perseverance and optimism are not just kind of cliche words. They really are ways of being in your relationship, particularly if you're trying to move through a difficult season. That's right. And it's not just Pollyanna kind of stuff. Mm -mm. It's firmly grounded in a tried-and-true foundation of uh, the nature and essence of God. Excellent. So that's pretty cool. That is very cool. Well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. We also hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. That'd be nice. And if you have a topic or question you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, please send us an email to thehursts at homeencouragement.org. And we will do our very best to get it on the air. So thanks for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all. That's such a positive sentiment. (laughs) 